0: I hope that you will enjoy the podcast episode today as much as I did. It's a conversation with two of my friends. One is Juliana Chapman. You'll find her on Instagram as Hey Juliana. And one of the projects that she does is called Wayside Beauty. She has a gift of finding beauty in nature through her photography and her Instagram stories. And she also has. Uncanny ability to see deep beauty in places where people would just pass by, like her neighbor's compost bin. And she makes the most beautiful floral or nature woven wreaths or arrangements, nests, she calls them. We also are joined by Amy Schmidt. Her Instagram is poet it, Grow it. Her husband is a farmer as well as sewing her own clothing for herself and her family, she weaves words in a way and with her poetry that just speaks straight to my heart. She has an amazing gift of seeing the everyday moments and the natural world and feeling the deeper metaphors. I hope that you will be touched by her poetry as much as I am. And what a gift it is to hear her speaking the poetry in her own voice. As she shares a few with us today on the podcast, we talk about the influence of nature in each of our creativity and just share a lot through our conversation that I hope will inspire you, will touch you, will help you just kind of recognize new parts of yourself and feel less alone in some of the ways you might experience your creativity. Hope you enjoy. You're listening to the Growing Creative Podcast. And I'm your host, Jane Boutwell. I'm an artist and a creative coach. This is a space that will nurture your heart and empower you to pursue your creative calling, whatever that may be.
1: A lot of excitement to be in the same space with you ladies. Likewise. <laughs> Juliana and I were just
2: trying to re- figure out where you live. <laughs> oh, well, uh, we live in northern Minnesota, right up as far east as you can go. So, it, you know, Minnesota does that little out-juddy triangle. We live in the point of that. Okay. Wow.
1: Yeah. Like on which one of the lakes? Uh, Lake Superior. Okay. Yeah. My geography for that area of the country is a little faulty. That's okay.
2: That's okay. Yeah. No, it's I, all right. And up way that, up north and cold and
1: on a lake, on one of the Great Lakes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then in two weeks, we'll be in a someplace not cold and oh my not on the Great Lake. But, oh, wow. so, so, yeah, we're here for now.
1: I know. I've been thinking about your internal rhythm and what like, kind of. Shock to your system to not be having icicles forming on your eyelashes in 15 degree weather.
2: I know, and no seasons in general, but it's okay. It's, yeah, I have a lot of emotions about that, but it's okay. You know, it's good. Yeah. So,
1: part of the kind of topic for the day is seasonal changes. But I think that we all sense the metaphor for the the metaphor that we get from seasonal, you know, natural changes to life transitions. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like both of y'all have such a beautiful way of connecting with nature and finding finding beauty in simple natural things, you know, like Juliana makes, you know, gathers up just the cast aside. The Uh things that just died in the frost, people's yard trash, these random bits that you would just walk by and miss. And then all of a sudden, this whimsical beauty is there. And then Amy, I feel like you just do that with words, Uh you know, like you catch the glimpse of a spider's web with dew. And all of a sudden, these words are spun into this whimsical invitation to notice. Uh And I just... I'm sensing in my own heart down here in Georgia, where it's so temperate Uh and I have no excuse to be like getting the um, winter blues, but I sense that kind of like, Oh no, things are starting to die. Uh The leaves are turning. They're going to drop. We're going to be in barren, cold wintered wasteland, which is not that bad here. But (laughs) I know that a lot of people, whether it's bad or not, like, there's just that shift. It gets darker and you're inside more. You just lose touch with what's happening outside. And (laughs) anyway, I just would love for each of y'all to give me a little glimpse into how you began this relationship with the outer world and your inner world. Is (laughs) that kind of a giant vague question?
3: (laughs) Can you rephrase the question?
1: how did this relationship with the outer world, nature and your inner world kind of, where did this begin for you? How did this become a part of you where you connect so deeply to nature and find your, kind of your,
3: that connection with your inner self? Okay. I can definitely answer that one. I was actually listening to a podcast with Mary Oliver Mm -hmm. while I was running this week. And She put words to like my experience. So I was like, wait, she and I did the same thing. What? That's so fun. Although it wasn't fun situations, but she basically said as a child, she lived outside because that was where it was safest. That's where she felt protected. And that's true for me as well. Like I literally would leave the house as early as I could and I would stay away till dark. And sometimes I would sneak outside and sleep in the fields or in the woods. And it was my safe place. It was beautiful. And, and that's where I connected to peace and to kindness and to help. And I mean, it's kind of, it is very vague, like it's very specific for me, but like, I don't know how to exactly articulate specifics about that.
1: Now, I think hearing that, I mean, something resonates in me. Like I grew up with a dysfunctional family life. And I definitely remember times where being outside just felt like solace and a safe place. Yeah, it it totally did. There wasn't echoing of arguments and tension filling the air. You know, you just felt enveloped by this and deeply, deeply connected with the creator behind it, you know, where just that sense of there is a force of goodness and beauty behind all of this. I mean, that's a vulnerable place mm-hmm. to share. And I just thank you so much for inviting us into that because I hadn't connected that own part of my story. Yeah. You know, but hearing you say that and it's like, yeah, oh yeah, that actually I I remember that feeling. Also reminds me of a quote from Jane Eyre, which I listened to the Jane Eyre audiobook frequently and usually it's like this time of year I start planting my pansies and I need I just start listening to Jane Eyre again I don't know what Mm -hmm. the deal is (laughs) it's just moody you know and she has an artist heart but that moment when she has to escape out on her own and she winds up leaving her purse in the carriage and she's Uh stranded on the moors with nothing and she It's it's some quote where she's like, I took to my mother, you know, mother, like mother nature, and she cared for me. And I, I curled up under the rock and slept safe in her arms, you know, something like that. And it's always just like hit me deeply. Amy, your turn.
2: Yeah, I think for me, it has more come about since we've lived where we've lived for the last 16 years, because. I mean, this is, this is a place where nature and the natural world is kind of in charge. And there is more, you know, more trees than people by, by, you know, factors of a million, probably, you know, <laughs> just um, surrounded by nature and creation. And I think, just spending this 16 years on the same piece of property and working the land and choosing which trees to cut down and which ones to leave up and just the things that are required of somebody who is stewarding a piece of ground, I think has has really cemented my relationship with the natural world. And and then, you know, just the number of I'm a walker and a runner is, you know, as as well. And so just the number of times that I have walked or run the exact same stretch of road. You know, we don't have a neighborhood, so I can't like run. You know, when you have a neighborhood, you can go different directions and run different blocks. And, you know, I've just run out and back, out and back, out and back Mm -hmm. (laughs) on the same stretch of road for 16 years and that's honestly where most of my writing happens. And then, you know, it's, I always say maybe someday I'll write poems about people when I have more people around me, but now I just have trees. (laughs) So, so I just, you know, they have become, they have become my, my dear ones. Yeah. It's like developing that
1: relationship with the land and then Uh, seasons shift, you notice more greatly because you're yeah they're familiar to you
2: yeah yeah yep yeah they really do become have a relationship like people do watching people grow and change you know it's the same so it totally is and I have the same thing on my runs
3: like I tend to run the same route and I mark my runs by the trees so like the sycamore and yes I, you know, I moved to New York City, which is still quite an adjustment for who I am. And there I was, so I run in Central Park, of course, because I'm like, I'm not yeah. running. I need to be with the trees. Yeah. But there was this beautiful pine tree. And I like, I know this is going to sound silly, but I talked to the trees. Mm-hmm. They're my friends. Yeah. And especially in a city where I know hardly anyone. And it's a lot of adjustments. These are the things I know Mm-hmm. from when I was tiny that are still like it's heinous palestrious like I know the Latin names and all the things about how they grow and I can remember I so I had developed this relationship with the tree and then there was a huge storm and I went running two days later and my tree was like gone like okay. just did, there was even not even a sign that it had been there oh other than goodness. like dirt and i just stood there and cried. i was like you think i'm crazy but my tree's gone uh, like this yeah. is my tree yeah so i totally get that like becoming so familiar with the place. especially i don't know what it is about running but like yeah. you you sit there and like i mean you don't you move but you see all the things and the next day you see oh it grew a little bit or right. it's got right. flowers or fruit yeah
2: or Yeah. And your body feels the the changes in the in the landscape, too. You know, I I always think if nobody has run this road, they don't know that this is actually a very long, steady uphill, (laughs) you know, because if you're driving it, you don't know. You know, so, yeah, definitely walking and and running are you know, I think and honestly, I think that that is something that tends to be a, a commonality with a lot of. At least artistic people is that uh, you know they enjoy that that action, you know of just being wherever it is, you know, wherever their space is that at least walking. I've read uh, many poets anyway, that have said that walking is where they do a lot of their work or at least get a lot of their inspiration from, so
1: yeah i I know like i when I think of both of you and the creative work that you do. From what I know of y'all from our friendship, you know, it's like so much of it is done on your daily walk slash run. Mm-hmm. And I know when I was reading all this research on creativity, like movement mm-hmm. is so key to kind of getting into that, like kind of unlocking that flow state creative part mm-hmm. of our brains. And so, yeah, y'all are two people that I think of when I think of that truth. I just think mm-hmm. of like, and see Juliana. On her run, like snapping those photos, your stories on Instagram, you have this like view into the natural world and the perspectives you take and when to put it in black and white and notice the value and the texture. And, you know, it's like, I know that's when you're in motion through the natural world and, and gathering things for your, whether it's a wreath or a nest or whatever, your kind of whimsical natural creation. And Amy, I remember when we did an interview for the the fellowship. I remember you talking about how I was like your run is your time away from the kids mm-hmm. and the busyness of the house, and you're out, yeah. and that's when you're you're doing your
2: yeah pencil yeah. in hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think. Well, are you guys familiar with Wallace Stevens, the poet? Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, he's a great poet, but he I, mean, I think he was like an accountant or something very, I I don't exactly remember, but his professional career was something that you would think was not at all related to the arts. But I, I mean, he, I think he wrote every single poem that he ever wrote on his two mile walk to work from his house to work and back. And yeah, I think it rings, it rings true. Lately, I've been running with my children, which is like, Somebody you don't, it doesn't, it's not the same. <laughs> so I still have the trees and they're still really beautiful, but they uh I just I don't write anything anymore. Mostly. I don't get a chance to
1: get a word in edgewise when you got yeah.
2: yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, but <Well>, that's okay. <laughs> There's seasons.
1: Seasons to everything. Yes, seasons to everything. So when you when you're writing poems about things in your home, like I'm thinking of that poem about the strands of your daughter's hair on the floor. Yeah. Listening, like, is that still something you're kind of piecing out the wording as you run? Yeah, the home-based yeah. poems happen at home.
2: No, that no, I mean, sometimes if I can close myself in a room for a little, like, if I'm really trying to finish one up, but no, I, I think I mean I have a pretty photographic memory, which is handy because then I those things just stick in my brain, and then I can reference them later when I. Yeah, feel inspired to pull things together.
1: So that is very handy. I'm yeah. I'm always like, going to drop this down and drop that down because if I don't <laughs> have it, it's going to be gone. Well, I I really make good use of the voice memo app on my. Oh, own yeah, it's because, a good idea. Well, so I would love. To, I don't know if you saw my message, Amy, but I would love for you, if you didn't mind, to read a poem. Sure. Do you have any anyone in particular, or shall I just pick one? You had one called "Passing," that was number two hundred and fifty-two on your year of po- a Poem oh, a Day. Oh, sure, sure, know, sure. Do you remember that one?
2: Yeah, I do remember that one. And actually, I just I wrote kind of a rehash of it, but I will find the old one because I know where it is. <laughs> Passing. There's a song. Only the sandhill crane can hear. Ancient as the wind that holds them as they migrate home. The lyric eludes me. It's a calling, a reason to go, but not mine, not yet. A thick fleece of fog covers the trees. They turn slowly under its weight, like children, restless in their beds. We're on the cusp, all of us even the lichen with its gray eyeless face, waits and watches. I watch a lone dragonfly circle an apple tree like a mourner in a sacred burial ceremony. The soul of summer is sent safely home, and on its passing, a stillness I can hear.
1: Oh my goodness. I just
2: love that one.
1: Thanks. I think part of my journey of a creative is learning the power of like grief and ritual, making making space and finding ways to grieve things that need to be grieved. You know, and I think the fall with the passing of summer, it can be a time to just take a minute to acknowledge what's shifting, what's changing, and there's always like good stuff on the other side of that, but there's also some things to like grieve and mourn and I don't know, that dragonfly circling the apple tree. Hmm. It just feels so right to take a moment and kind of mourn the passing of summer. Juliana, I would love to hear a little bit from you about how you kind of like I I feel like your gathering, your wayside beauty is kind of a ritual for acknowledging. And grieving or I don't know I just would love to give you a minute to share some of your mm-hmm. thoughts on that and what it's like how that experiences for you your creative process with that
3: yeah so it's been interesting some of it is very word like it's just instinctive like when I'm really stressed out mm-hmm. somehow all of a sudden I have a nest in my hands that I've made from grass and leaves that I just picked up. And it's not, it's not intentional or like, it just kind of flows out. And even with my sketches and things, I'll often just draw a nest or something. Like it it always comes out when I'm, when I'm most, like I can remember there was a season when I lived in Portland, when I was working really long hours and my life was, really stressful and i would come home my neighbors were cleaning out their yard their compost bin was always like overflowing with vines and i would just leave i could not stop like i would just come home and my hands were already hurting from working with flowers all day but i had to make that and once i like made a basket or made a little nest or a wreath or whatever then i was able to breathe again and just be like okay it's all worked out everything is fine And with doing my, like, I've been doing an arrangement a month intentionally. And that has been a really interesting process because it's not as instinctive, Mm. but it's more thoughtful. So I kind of, I mean, there's so many metaphors in nature and so many pictures it gives you that relate. at least I always find some way to relate them to what I'm struggling with. and mm-hmm. so that's been really fun to kind of look for the lessons because I think all the beautiful things out there and all the dead and things I don't know, I love dead leaves so much, but all of those have so many lessons for us. and since I started doing the wayside beauty every month, it's like, okay, what's my lesson this month? what what do I need to learn and This has been a season of so much learning, so much change, going back to school, like figuring out life all over again. And that process has been incredibly helpful just to process whatever that month was of growing or learning or grieving. I mean, it's also 2021 and that's a really stressful thing just in general for the world. So, yeah. Yeah,
1: that's so powerful. Just like. I don't know how our bodies we're, I mean, we're modern people. We like to think of ourselves as a brain only, you know, I think, but our bodies hold the stress that we face. And I just love that your body knows that doing this action, gathering these things you know, the yard trash, the stuff that's cast aside that doesn't seem like it has beauty and weaving it, making a nest. It, it's like just letting your body kind of be seen like the stress, the feeling cast aside or any, you know, whatever it is, I think it, it is, it's to me, I feel like I'm always finding new lessons in nature. It's whatever my heart's needing to learn. But when your body gets a chance to engage with it and have that action of incorporating and just Engaging in nature, touching it, feeling it—our senses, you know—it it can change you. It really can, like, give your body what it needs to say. Like, I see you. I see your stress, yeah. and let's have a minute to let you speak it. You know, I remember one of your wayside beauty arrangements that had the old white roots from a house plant your neighbors had tossed out, and I mean the like ethereal quality of those old white dead roots was so beautiful. And I never noticed that before. Mm -hmm. I never Mm -hmm. saw that before. And, and yeah, if I sit with that, like, I think there's an, a number of metaphors that could kind of speak through that reclaiming these roots that had brought life that are now done, but still have beauty and still, you know, they still matter. They still have something to say. I don't know. It, it speaks to, you know, like us telling stories of our growing up that was hard. And that was part of how we grew into being able to speak our beauty into the world and come to nature to find a safe place. And maybe our life has changed. And that's, the roots of that is now kind of dried and passed into the crystalline gossamer, you know, stories of the past that get woven together. And I don't know, it's just so beautiful. Do y'all have y'all? I feel like I, I know Juliana from growing up, but we went to high school together and then I've met Amy online, but then I see y'all commenting on each other's things. I know y'all found each other online. Do y'all have any things you wanted to ask each other? (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah i want to I know what do you do with your arrangements when you do you keep them all are they in your or do they just yeah are they just transient they're
3: transient i'm currently living with my sister and her yeah. family, and there's not a ton of space and there's a puppy and a little seven-year-old boy so we might leave them on the table if they're not too wild and crazy they might be a centerpiece for a week but then they then they go. When I would make things, when I had my own home, I typically, somehow I always have met all the elderly ladies in my neighborhood because they're always out gardening. And of course I want to talk about that. So I would often just pass them along to you, the ladies on my street. Huh. So,
2: yeah. Huh. Yeah. I, I just, am really moved by just the concept behind that work, and I think make having them be transient is even more that makes me love them even more because it it is gives something a new life for a little bit and then then it moves along again. I just think that's really incredible and i it'd be really intriguing to to have you write or talk about just the interactions or the relationships that you have had or have formed with the people as you have been, you know, creating those things. Like, you know, of course, like I need to know about your neighbors who threw out the plant roots, like, ah, (laughs) tell me about those neighbors. (laughs) So I, yeah, I don't know that. There's just so much there that I am, that I am curious about. And it would be, it would be fun just to hear some of the snippet stories about, the different elements that have gone into some of those creations because they just seem rich, rich with story. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of endlessly intrigued by what you are doing. And it's visually very beautiful, of course. And then it's really fun to think about the unseen parts of that creation as well.
3: So. Yeah, I have a lot of stories. So I do have some running buddies. And when I lived in Chattanooga, I had a running friend there who actually now lives less than half a mile from me here. What? And yeah, isn't that great? So we went running last week. Maybe it was this week. One of the times we went running, she was like, do you remember when you made me carry all of those branches to your house? And I was uh. like, yes, I do. Like. I someone had cut oh my gosh and I know it was time for the tulip tree to be trimmed and it was good but it was beautiful and tulip trees have those after they bloom they're calyx that holds the petals and it has all the seed pods in that are they're not pods they just have all the little seeds and it's like these little stars mm. like three-dimensional star on the branch. they're gorgeous,
2: mm.
3: and there was this huge stack and they had just it was winter and i brought them my poor housemates i just brought home so many things it's yeah so there are a lot of stories about in the plant from my neighbor like they had just thrown it out and i something about it grabbed my attention and i washed the the roots were really cool they were dirty and i washed them until they came to that white beautiful yeah so it's it's all interesting it's also a little like i can't i haven't met many people who like see the compost bin and get really excited and <laughs> <laughs> i normally look at it and i'm like "Ooh, that's cool i want to make something out of that
2: <laughs> wow. I think it's great. I just think it's my husband thinks it's fascinating, too. I was showing him some of the stuff in preparation for this, and he definitely just thinks it's really incredible. So keep doing it in whatever ideation you are doing it in. It's really, it's, it's important, important metaphoric work. So Thank you. yeah. and your poetry is just I
3: read it and it's like it gives my whole body this visceral Mm. deep breath like Mm. every time I read what you write I'm just like oh she gets it and you point me to the ultimate truth I think I think there's that we get so caught up in like the minutia and the stress and the the intensity at least I think all of our lives are probably pretty intense right now. And you expect, like you see things instead of seeing the stress, you see the beauty in them and cool. you articulate it in a way that gives so much peace. And I love it so much. And mm-hmm. I, and I always, it always makes me want to draw like oh, yeah, there's some of them with the one you wrote about you wake in the morning. I don't have the photographic memory, but it's the one about the wild joy. And then. Oh, sure. Wondering what
2: wild joy will find me first. Yes. Mm.
3: I have the picture. I have a photograph of huh. the spider web with the dew on it. and uh. I like, like she sees the same things I see huh. and they stop her. And she huh. like, I just love that you get it. And I love you articulate things so much more beautifully than I ever Hmm. could verbally. Like it's just, it's a really cool thing to, I mean, it's like whoever said that thing about friendship where you see the same things Mm -hmm. or you love the same Like, I think it's interesting to see you do that with words and where I've done it with photography or flower arrangements. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Thank you that's an encouragement i appreciate that
3: amy do
1: you want to read us or tell us that poem for those who are who might into this later
2: sure yeah i guess it doesn't have a title sometimes i one of these days i'll yeah declare all of these done but all right i'll just it doesn't have a title so lately i wake wondering which new wild joy will find me first Yesterday, it was a spider's splendid web, pinned like lace between two fence posts and glittering with the good light of morning. My breath made the fragile fabric billow slightly, and I thought, perhaps I will set sail and lose myself in loveliness. Then today, before I was even out of bed, I saw from my window the birch that last night had been all green, but now had one golden leaf held out like a gilded invitation to all the forest and the fields and to me. If I refuse it, the world will go on without me, dancing and singing as it does. But then, what a pity to just live another day when wonder could have been my occupation and whimsy my currency.
3: I love that so much.
2: Thanks. Yeah.
1: That poem met me in a, a really dark week. It was mm-hmm. really,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, just kind of overwhelmed with grief. And it was just, it was, the poem was like that leaf
3: mm-hmm. offering me a ticket to see things differently. Mm-hmm. Wonder and whimsy. Yeah, it took the same for me. And I actually have kind of taken it as my mantra for mm-hmm. this semester just like there's there's a lot about school and life and interest there's a lot that's difficult and new and challenging and I in the past I've struggled with so much anxiety that I haven't looked at it as what's going to be wonderful about this and like looking for the wonder and the joy and the humor even in things instead of like what's going to go wrong today? How am I going to mess this up? And it's something I've been learning a lot about for years, but especially in the past two years and what you wrote encapsulated it all in this beautiful, Hmm. beautiful mantra.
2: Wow. Thank you. I don't deserve those things (laughs) said, but I, I appreciate it very much. And it is of great, great encouragement. So thank you for being vulnerable to share those things. Yeah. Keep
1: keep making your art. The world needs it. Mm -hmm. Both of you.
2: (laughs) Have you always written poetry? Like when did I, I'm curious about how. No, I studied, I studied fine art in college. And I don't think I wrote really much of anything until I was out of college. And my writing was very bad. And. Very like moody and, blah. but uh, yeah. I, then I just kept. I, I don't really know. I just kept doing it, I suppose. And I must have had somebody come along at some point and say a kind thing to encourage me to continue to do it. But I think that I really started to write with more frequency when I decided. I mean, I guess it's been a couple of years now, but when I just really felt overwhelmed by the spirit that that I needed that I was supposed to write a poem a day and post it. And so I did. And I still can't believe it. I mean, I think I ended up with 358 out of 365 days or something. And some of them, (laughs) some of them are not good. But it got me into the practice of daily writing, which I feel like is a lot of the battle. And I have seen I have seen improvements, like vast improvements in in my writing from when I started that until now. and I think I really think that was just it was just the daily discipline of writing every day and just trying to find my voice. but certainly I mean it, it's it's been a battle um, and Jane knows a lot about that just a battle to to believe the, the kind voices that tell you to keep going instead of the unkind voices that you know, tell you you're a waste of space and time. So
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I so truly deeply believe that the areas we are most gifted to shine the light of goodness and God into the world are the areas that there's an enemy force, particularly trying to block those areas of us, you know, so I just, I just so believe that there's that resistant force that's targeting our sparkly spots. Mm -hmm. trying to tell us to stop you know yeah so like my deepest deepest purpose I feel like is to help like ignite a warrior heart like Mm -hmm. there's a a battle going on and fight back Mm -hmm. don't listen to the lying voice telling you Like wherever you find the most resistance and the most kind of discouraging inner critic voice, that's probably the area that you are most gifted to shine in the area, the the world most needs you to show up and put out your vulnerable, beautiful, whimsical heart. So I'm just so grateful, so grateful that both of you, you know, both of you, your creative work just blesses my heart and provides me respite and encouragement and like almost like food when I desperately Mm -hmm. need it. Mm -hmm. So I'm so grateful that you both are continuing to just show up and do it. As we sign off of this little interview time, I was wondering if you had any kind of encouragement ways that you kind of chase away like that anxiety or the like and some of the things have been kind of hinted at and shared some but how do you get through the dark season whether it's fall and winter or whatever is kind of threatening your creative heart whether you know you can take it in a metaphorical sense but I thought as we're heading into this season a lot of creative people are sensitive to Mm -hmm. the days getting darker and that sense of change into winter and and just know that both of you, I think, bring your creativity into that and, and continue to get outside or whatever it is. I just thought if you had a minute to share what you have found to be helpful for yourself.
3: I think for me, um, it is, it is my daily route It's only coming back to running, <laughs> but okay. the, getting outside when it's darker. I mean, this, this past week was the first week I had, um, clients so it meant I had to get Mm. up if I wanted Mm. to run I had to get up and run in the dark Mm. which I actually like doing once I'm there Mm. but that the 10 minutes to get from my bed to downstairs and out to the park is so challenging but I found just being outside and Mm. I am kind of wired so that no matter how upset or dark or anxious, if I see anything beautiful, like it stops my brain from spinning and I can just and it it can be something as simple as like right now it's even the buildings are like so close together, but then sometimes there'll be a break and you'll just see the backs of buildings where there's like window boxes and green and it's amazing. And I've been meaning to do a photo series of like all the little cracks in the city that let the beauty and the light through. Mm-hmm. And I haven't, haven't gotten there yet, but mm-hmm. for me, it's just sometimes it's conscious and sometimes it's subconscious. It's noticing like the act of noticing is what helps me. And when fall started, I haven't been as consistent as I would like, but I've started trying to stop for 30 seconds a day. And video, 30 seconds of beauty. And I've mm-hmm. been putting that on my patrons, their Instagram videos. And it's just been really helpful to, every time I do it, I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That thing I'm nervous about in school isn't as big a deal. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I am surrounded by love every second mm-hmm. of every day. Like it just, it's 30 seconds and yet it's resets my my brain and my heart.
1: It's amazing how, how powerful a small pause can be. I think sometimes I think I need to have a certain amount of time in order to make it worth even bothering with that. I've been using this app called the one minute pause that has like a guided prayer meditation words. And it can be one minute or three or five or 10 minute increments there. I've always amazed at when I take that opportunity to like, pause on what I'm doing and just let go of it all. Even for one single minute, it can make such a difference. And Juliana just wanted to say, so you're sharing those 30 second clips on the Wayside Beauty Instagram account, which is private. It's for people who are your Patreon members, oh which I am one of. That so the thing that Juliana started doing when she has gone back to get her master's degree and wanted to, have a purpose to keep doing her creative work beyond the creativity of helping people find their voices through speech stuff that she's doing for master's degree. So anyway, just wanted to clarify what that was. How do I
2: find that? I didn't know about that.
3: I think I have the link on my Hey Juliana Instagram. Okay. It should be the link. There's a link in my profile.
2: Okay. So I'm gonna look. Gosh, I'm glad you said something about that. I didn't know that.
3: I have been it's one of those things where I'm learning to share what I do. And it's been a process. I I wouldn't have done it without Jane's encouragement. And I'm still in the process of like, oh, I need to share what I did so people can see. Because that's oh. not the easiest thing for me. I know. It says voices telling you like,
1: nobody cares, don't bother people. But they have to make that mindset shift that there's something beautiful here that can benefit people and it's generous to let them know about it. It's a generosity when you are sharing how to find your creative work Uh and the world needs it. But and so Uh it's such a
3: mind (laughs) mindset shift that is hard to make. I know that well. Yeah. Uh Yeah. I've really appreciated watching both of you actually share what you've been given and, and your gifts and, the words you have, the art you have, the pottery you have, like all of it is just, it's such a gift. I really appreciate like what you're, like what you're giving, but also how you're modeling to live your life. Because I think, especially as creatives, we that's like, we all are supposed to give to each other all the time, but like we do have things for people that are unique, but it's, it's always a struggle for me to be like, well, do they really want that? so yeah,
1: we do. We do want it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm glad you set up the wayside beauty. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you're sharing it. Amy, did you want to speak into your kind of, I mean, I'm thinking it's similar. Get outside anyway, negative 15 degrees, icicles on your eyelashes. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think yeah, I'd echo a lot of what Juliana said. I mean, and and nature inspires me because i i look and i say okay you know the trees and all the other parts of creation they can do the shift right they can they can endure the winter and then they can endure the frenzy of spring and the you know just the kind of frantic manicness of summer and then the you know the decay of autumn like so i can i can also do that it's just so I really, nature encourages me, I guess, in that way. And I, yeah, I just getting outside is definitely part of it. And just training yourself to be someone who notices, which I think is a challenge because we have so many other things vying for our for our noticing. Mm-hmm. So it, I think paying attention to what we notice if that makes sense i think is a good practice mm-hmm. to have but really truly i mean i'm i'm pretty worried about going someplace that doesn't <laughs> doesn't have seasons just cuz that has become such a you know we i think our whole family have have become very cyclical people I and mean, it feels really scary to exit out of that cuz we are so formed by the rhythms of of the creative or the creation world around us. So I do, I kind of panic a little bit when I think about that. I'm worried about going someplace where I don't speak the language of the trees and the rivers and the hillsides and because I haven't spent enough time with them. And I think I won't, I won't have anything to say. I won't be able to speak because I don't, I'm going to get weepy because I don't speak the language you know, let alone the the actual spoken tongue of the people, but I I don't know the language of the, of the trees. Uh So anyway, if you think about it, sorry, say a prayer for me. I'm hoping that it can be a time of maybe actually putting, going back through, through work and trying to finalize stuff and putting stuff together instead of trying to produce more, because I don't, I think maybe it, maybe it is becoming a time where I need to not produce anything more. I need to perfect what I've already produced. So hopefully that will happen, but boy, oh boy, I think I'm going to miss the trees more than the people. (laughs) Not that I'm not going to miss the people,
3: but. I definitely, I, I understand the missing trees and, and it is an adjustment for sure. Like that. I've lived a lot of different places, and it's, I remember moving to Texas, and that one, I was like, where are the two? Yeah. Robbie, yeah,
1: so right. like what? Right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but yeah, I am, I will be thinking about you. Yeah. But yeah, I also cannot wait to see what beauty you find and yeah, to see. So. <laughs> See that aspect of it too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It'll force me to not rest on my laurels. You know, it's like I know what's beautiful around here. So I feel like I have the things that I come back to. So yeah, it'll be interesting to have no familiar no no familiar beautiful things. Um so maybe that'll be maybe that'll be good. A conversation in this way in August. When the blackberries are ripe and the children are down at the river every day before dawn, fishing poles and jars of worms, sandwiches tucked under their hats, our neighbor cuts firewood for winter. When you see him at the post office or the corner store where he goes to buy canned beef stew and Coke, he never says much. War took most of his words and when his wife died, she took the rest. But if he's out cutting, you can hear the gnarled hum of his chainsaw wavering through the forest and fields that separate our house from his. If you listen, he'll carry on a conversation in this way until the end of autumn, when the goldenrod have all burnt out and the first snow falls like ash on the dirt road and his work is done and the forest is quiet again.
0: joining me and listening to the podcast today. I would like to invite you to join me at the beginning of January for a special free opportunity to grow creative together in the new year. I'm going to be spending five days with you, January 3rd through 7th. Each day you'll get an email with prompts for different ways to spark your creativity and dive a little bit deeper together. The link to sign up for free is in the show notes. I hope that you'll also always check out the show notes for anything that's mentioned in the show. If you found encouragement today, I hope that you will share the podcast with a friend that might also need the same. I'd like to thank Shepard Martin for sound editing, and the music is by Sad Moses. Once again, thanks for spending your time with me, and I hope that you will keep growing creative.